you're selling insurance, you can't show up at the networking meeting and want to be the class clown at the networking meeting. Because right. when the meeting ends, and we got to think now, do I need insurance? I'm looking around the room like, oh, that's the guy who thinks he's really funny. He thinks it's funny that people have accidents and, you know, that insurance is something funny because the parent company has the Aflac duck or whatever. And it's like, how many people are going to say, yeah, let me meet with you, funny guy, to talk about, you know, my insurance needs and how I don't want to get burned by my insurance company because I, I don't have enough coverage. Maybe you can tell me a few jokes about houses, you know, that have burned down or something. In a way, they're competing for cleverness, right? And they communicate this stuff and it's all clever. The Geico stuff is clever. The progressive stuff is clever. The Liberty's got its own cleverness to it and the Allstate stuff. They're all good. They're all actually making good ads. And in a way, it's like they want to show that they're smart and they've got you covered. That's really it. We're smart. We're not idiots. Comedy requires us to be thinkers. We came up with this concept. We think it's funny. It's catchy. You like it. You're entertained. You can trust us. Yeah. But we're also not the what when you call the insurance agent, he's not the voice of the Aflac duck. Martians landed, yes. wearing Prada suits, yes. drinking Henry's seltzer, yes. chewing juicy fruit. Yes, and your branding here. Yes, brand. Your message here. Yes, and a verse about. Yes, your product here. Yes, I'm Hirsch Redman. Yes, and I'm a message therapist. Yes, and I have a podcast. Yes, brand. That's right. That's it. Yes, we'll help you fix the world. Yes, or your bottom line. All right. Glenn is the owner of Always Been Creative. That's a boutique marketing agency he's had for about 15 years. He also is known in some circles as the message master. And that's not just something that he kind of came up with himself. It's just something that people call him. And we're going to find out why. We're going to talk to him about his own brand, about developing the Glenn Rudin brand. Glenn, welcome to Yes Brand. It's great to be here, Hirsch. I'm thrilled to be a guest on your show. And, you know, I love the vibe. You know, it, it's interesting. All the years of being in this business, always loved that look. Once or twice in my career, I've had a loft kind of a studio that had that awesome brick looking background that yeah. just made you feel like you were in some kind of really awesome, cool, creative space. So I'm envying you right now with my crummy green screen behind me. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I appreciate the, the compliment. It certainly is. It's funny because when I lived in New York, that's what every what all our offices looked like. And we had a choice of like the kind of brick color that you have behind me or the white brick. That was basically it. It was brick either way. And it was a matter of what. So I relate to it now and I'm like comfy and cozy. But I would like the sun to be shining outside. Like I'm fine in a brick or a log cabin or something. Just when I walk outside, I want the sun shining on me. You know, going way back, I, I remember there was a show. I think it was called 30-something. And yeah. somebody in that show owned an agency and it had that same look. And I think that that's one of the things that really spurred that whole look on to be creative. Because, right, if we go back to classic Madison Avenue image, like the Don Draper, you know, of, right. uh, you know, of yesteryear, 
It didn't look like that. They would have never had, you know, had brick walls. And I think 30-something kind of introduced that concept. And everybody was like, wow, that's really cool. And I think all the interior designers were like, you're kidding. This is what's going to be now. We're going to have to put bricks up in everybody's office in order to satisfy their, you know, their need to want to be like, you know, hip and cool, like the guys on that agency in 30-something. Right. Just my theory. And that's what happened was it swung back because because with 30-something – and it was Ken Olin. I don't remember the other actor uh, that was in it. Peter Horton was in it. I remember yeah. the actors, you know. Uh, but the thing with the agency was they were reflecting what the agency world was like at that time and, right. and when that show came out. And so, you know, by the time Mad Men came along, people were ready to throw back. So now it would be like the wood paneling, you know, the oak, the Art Deco style. Uh, yeah. But let's start with... And, you, and I know you know about elevator pitches. Give us your one floor. Sure. Well, Hirsch, 90% of the people that I come in contact with struggle mightily with their branding, their messaging, their pitch, either some portion of that or all of it. And the great news is for that majority of people that suffer with that and are being held back by that is they can be helped, but they've got to do two things. One, they've got to acknowledge that they're not very good at those things. They need to seek out somebody like yourself or myself to help them. And then they've got to be willing to put the time in with basic blocking and tackling to really learn the basics so that they can show up. And while they might not end up being Don Draper doing their pitches, they can certainly be a whole lot better than they are now. And I would say that a good majority of the people that, that I come in contact with are always embarrassed when I do my pitch, right? They'll say, oh, my God, I can't believe I got to do my pitch after this guy. And it's like, is it my fault you didn't hire me or you didn't hire <laughs> Hirsch before you came to the meeting? Or are you somebody that really is happy winging this most important thing that you do, which is the introduction of yourself to the world? So we have a reason to want to lean in and ask you more information. Again, if that's something that you struggle with, find somebody who can teach you the basics, overcome the obstacles that you have, and become good at doing a pitch. It's not all that difficult if you put the time in. Yeah, and the pitch is not the ask. You know, the, the pitch right. is, not, is not begging for the money or telling them the cost or telling them. The pitch is the... You know, the excitement about what can possibly come of this. That's always fun for me. I, what I struggle with is sales. You know, in my own, you know, world of helping, of really saying great stuff about other people my whole career, I got used to the idea of the third party validation where I don't have to tell anybody anything. I just talk to people about. I just tell people about other people. Those people will then say nice things about me, and then it all comes around. It all kind of works out. But there's a level at which we have to have confidence in our own uh, brand, so to speak. So in your case, where you're helping others, how do you balance you know, self-promotion with the kind of guidance or promotion you do for other people? Well, I think the thing for me is I just feel so comfortable in this space. You know, I, over the last five or six years, I've heard this term zone of genius. And, and believe me, I don't consider myself a genius by, by any stretch of the imagination. 
But this is a space that I am really comfortable in, and I, I do seem to have a great ability to listen to what people believe they're doing for a living and helping them talk about it in ways that it really does make sense so that other people do understand. And so when I'm doing that, in, in essence, Hirsch, I'm really pulling the thorn out of the lion's paw. I really believe that I'm helping people who are suffering unnecessarily in terms of the way that they do what they do. And I have to tell you that the, the sense of relief that I see on people's faces, I, you know, when I see the uh, like this relief, the shoulders all of a sudden, you know, get more comfortable and people, wow, I've been trying to figure out how to say that about myself for my whole life. And, you know, you just did it in five or six minutes and, and thank you. I, you know, I just can't thank you enough. The other thing is, you know, and again, you know, in terms of my coming through the, the, the sales and marketing functions in my career, there was never a time early in my career when you could actually go out and even have a brand, right? You know, you work for a company and the only brands that existed were, you know, the big Fortune 500, even Fortune 1000 companies that actually had ad budgets to spend, right? There was no social media. There was no Zooming. There was no Twitter. There was no Instagram. There was no TikTok. None of those things existed where... Any person on any given day could wake up and say, today, this is going to be my brand. This is who I'm going to be. I'm going to speak about my company like this. And listen, even if 100 people are listening or 1,000, you now have the ability to be your own brand manager on any day of the week that you get up and start doing that. That never existed. I mean, I would even say to a large degree, I know there's been influencers and, and YouTube has been around now for, you know, for quite some time. But for, I think for the average person that I come in contact with, a small business owner, as you were saying earlier, the entrepreneur, this field is so wide open now for you to be able to be your own brand spokesperson. And it never existed before. So in a sense, everybody, it's a new day for everybody. It's just a question of who wants to get on that ride versus who wants to still you know, stay on the sidelines and say, oh, I'll never be able to do that. That's how I feel. I feel like... People have this tremendous opportunity. Um, I can champion them. Tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into this. So, you know, the earliest jobs that I had were with Fortune 500 companies. I worked for Revlon. I worked for Sherwin-Williams, the paint company. I worked for a big Japanese conglomerate called Shiseido that here in the States has a high end of, uh, you know, female women's cosmetics. Right. And I, so that's the industry that I started in. And so w what I came to realize over time was, you know, I always like to pick up a product and I don't get, you know, I won't even turn it around, but like, you know, so here's this tube of whatever it is. And this thing has to sit on a shelf someplace and speak for itself. And the right. difference between this sad little tube that just has to sit there and it's got its little copy and its label and, and myself is I've got the ability to say, hey, wait a minute, I want you to stop and pick me up. I want you to look at my labeling. I want you to pay attention to me. And, and so about five or six years ago, I started saying, listen, this is really interesting. I've always been a product guy, but aren't people products? They are. And, mm -hmm. you know, we decide when we go out in the world or we appear virtually and you know, on one of these 
um, you know, calls like a Zoom call or, or, or the platform we're working on here uh, today. And we decide this is how I want to be labeled and packaged and branding myself. Now, I believe that the big mistake that people make is they're not intentional about that, that one day they'll show up in a T-shirt, the next day they'll show up with the backward baseball hat, the next day they'll show up looking like they're heading down to the beach, and there really is no consistency to it. Whereas, again, with this little person here, this little product, whoever decided this was how it's going to look, right, they run 50,000 or 100,000, they send them out all over the place, that's what they look like. And, and they're going to stay looking like that because someone said, that's how that thing should look. But we have the ability to change, as you were just saying. We have the ability to wake up one day and say, hey, wait a minute, you know, I want to now be the the funniest brand person in the world. So everything I'm going to do is going to involve joking around and trying to be funny. Now, that's not my handle, but I do see people attempting to do that kind of a thing. And, I, you know, again, I go back to this word of intentionality. Are you being intentional with this this thing that we call a brand? And in my judgment, you need to be so intentional about it because every time you do get the opportunity to be that thing, that whatever that is, I believe you need to be really consistent with it because if you're not, you start to confuse people who don't really understand what the brand is or who this is showing up today. Consistency is key. Your personal brand or your company brand, it's, it's a, to me, it's essentially the same. What do you want people to be thinking of your company or your company's brand when they just think about it, when they think about you know, a Nike sneaker, or when they think about Coca-Cola, or when they think about, uh, you know, a Ford F-150. You know, what what are people think about these things when it's not being advertised in front of them? When somebody just happens to bring one of those things up, what are the words that immediately register in your mind about them? And to me, when when you take the time to be intentional about any of those things and you think to yourself, how do I want people thinking about this? Well, then, you know, the next time you put out a message or an ad or you're speaking about it, that's how you're going to speak about it. Well, let's try to do something now. Is there a brand or client that you've never worked with that you would just love to have a, a chance to do something with their brand or change their image or take them somewhere. And this is, we're doing this as kind of an impromptu, you know, we haven't prepared notes on this, either of us, but it is something I, I wanted to try. But just to see, you know, just for us to, as an exercise, you know, it flex our, our muscles a little bit. Okay, interesting. So I don't know, should, should we pick maybe one of the national pizza chains and, and okay. see, is there something that we can do for them other than their race to the bottom on, you know, you can get nine pies for 10 cents, right? Which, which right. seems to be like the typical kind of thing. Can't we come up with, with a better reason why somebody should want your pizza than you can get five pizza pies for $5, right? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's actually great, Glenn, because this is what I try to explain to people about what we do, which is that you don't do it alone. You don't you don't do it in a vacuum or in a closet. You really if you were the pizza exec or if I were the pizza exec, it wouldn't matter. We would have just presented you with a problem 
you know, we would have said everybody wants, everybody wants, you know, pizza and how much pizza can they get and how many toppings can they get? And if they're not good in math, they really don't want to hear these commercials because <laughs> you have, you have to be and you have to have your calendar ready and your date book and everything so you can figure out how long it lasts. And it could be a fictional chain. It doesn't matter. The idea is how do we sell what is special about pizza that we can bring into this conversation that, that all these other people have failed to do so far because they're all jaded and they're and they're in the they're in it so long you know we're fresh to pizza there's a pizza place and a bagel place basically on every corner you know go to like one of these you know dennis miller comedian one-liners you know there's like a pizza place in the back of the pizza place just open in my neighborhood you know he he used that really more for starbucks but it does work for, uh, for the pizza thing too right When's the last time, literally, not, I don't know how many people can see me, that like you went into the pizza place and you took the thing and you did like the cheese stretch, like that actually mattered to you. Like you, you like when, so the next time you went to get a pizza, you went to do that and you're like, wait a second, this is false advertising. My pizza's not right. stretching. Like who cares? Who cares? We're right. not doing a science experiment on the elasticity of mozzarella cheese, right? Doesn't yeah. the taste mean something? Right. I don't I can't tell you that for the national chains. I don't know that I've ever heard. I, I hear different styles like you know, they're pushing Detroit style or deep yeah. dish. But not once have I ever heard that. Listen, we we're guaranteeing you that you're going to love the tangy taste of, you know, we offer three different kinds of sauces. And one of them is from here. One's from here. One's from here. You pick the one you want. But we guarantee you between those three. You're going to love them. Matter of fact, come in. We do a pizza sauce taste test before we make your pizza. So you get to taste a little of it and say, yeah, that's the one that I want on my pizza. I've, I've never heard anybody even do anything remotely like that. It's like you get what you get. And as long as it right. stretches like nine miles, you know, <laughs> then nothing else should really matter. Or yeah. that you get a box full of it. And that's what we're pushing now that for, you know, for five ninety nine, you're getting nine pizzas. Who cares if it tastes like garbage, but you're getting right. a lot of it, right? Doesn't that matter right. to you? And you can stretch it, you know? And somebody will like it or that <laughs> it's a birthday party or something. And it's like, who really cares? They're six years old or eight years old. They, you know what? They're going to eat a lot of pizza in their day. Let's just get the cheapest one. We'll get the most, and they can all have two slices. That's like right. a better. That's a better deal, and that that could actually be the beginning of the the setup. Could be you know, and sometimes pizza doesn't matter. Sometimes it doesn't matter what the pizza tastes like, and you have a house full of kids, and it's like you know, just make sure they can get two slices. You know, it's <laughs> like that's all they that's all they want. Other times, you're sold on the idea that the pizza's going to be good, and then you could be disappointed. So. The question was in the battle necessarily over what's the best pizza in the world because no one's ever going to – I mean, you know. And there was a place near my house in L.A. called World's Best Pizza. But, you know, <laughs> then there was also a pizza world so that the, you have that to deal with. And then in New York, there was Ray's Pizza, which was the original – there was an original Ray's and you had to get it from the original Ray's in the village. If you got it from a, one of the later Ray's that started, it wasn't as good. So it's right. like – Okay, I don't I don't even care. You know, it's like but the payoff might be something along the lines of are you disappointed? Like the guy eats the product that our pizza shop is, let's call it worldwide worldwide best pizza. And they say, you know, it's the it's the worldwide best pizza. We have them all over the world. It's a big world, it's a big wide world, worldwide pizza. And they say, well, is it the best pizza in the world? 
say no, but we, we're pretty sure you won't be disappointed. And then it's like, that's the bar that they, that yeah. they want to hit, you know? Yeah. I kind of like that, you know? Just a thought. I mean, right. there's no worldwide pizza to pitch it to, but what do you like in ads? What kind of, when you watch ads, what do you, what do you like and what, what inspires you? Well, the one thing that I will say is that, you know, when I see, and I know we're talking about pizza, but when I see ads in bad taste, I often just think to myself, you know, there's a, a school of thought that says that if we're not going to stick a mother-in-law joke or the father in the formula has to be lame-o, you know, he can't, and I don't, I know that's not a great word to uh, use, but you know, the father has yeah. to somehow be lesser in order for the whole formula to work. Everybody has to figure it out, but poor old dad, you know, kind of a, kind of a feeling. So I don't like those. And listen, I think I'd like to see some more of creating heroes out of, you know, the parents in the situation who are the unsung heroes in all of these, you know, situations. You know, thank God mom or dad, you know, uh, was able to get us, you know, this yeah. worldwide pizza this week. You know, we're lucky to, to have that. Thank you, mom. Thank you, dad. Yeah. Why does and that that happened in a lot of uh, sitcoms as well, where the father is just you know, the imbecile, let's say, the kind of lovable or whatever imbecile. It's like, why does somebody have to be an imbecile? It's hard enough to just be a parent, you know? It just, you just kind of made a really good point there. And it's like, you know, why, why can't everybody win? Why does someone have to, why is losing like a value? And yeah. I get it, it's a comparison shop thing in advertising, but there's something societal about, you know, our, our blood, our blood, blood lust, you know, smart and stupid, I don't think are opposites. I think a smart person is a person who gets paid a lot of money for not doing very much. And an intelligent person is someone who, who gets paid to do something they're proud of. And a stupid person and a smart person can be the same person. Yeah. Yeah, that's my anyway, that's my that was a thought that I had today in the shower. So I didn't make it up just now, but I did. It did occur to me. And you're welcome to share, Glenn, also something that you've thought of. There's no what, what I love about Yes Brand is there's no wrong answers. We're just building on top of ideas. And the one constant is that we couldn't say whatever we're saying. We really couldn't say it if we were alone. It wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't, co like it wouldn't come up. The smart thing wouldn't come up if you didn't mention the father being being always portrayed as being stupid. I don't know. Maybe instead of pizza, we should have really gone after the insurance companies because oh, this, wow. is a, okay. this is another one that bugs the daylights out of me. For me, and I used to see this in some of the networking meetings that I went to, and so I'd often point this out to people. If, if you're selling insurance, you can't show up at the networking meeting and want to be the class clown at the networking meeting. Because right. when the meeting ends, and we got to think now, do I need insurance? I'm looking around the room like, oh, that's the guy who thinks he's really funny. He thinks it's funny that people have accidents and, you know, that insurance is something funny because the parent company has the Aflac duck or whatever. And it's like, how many people are going to say, yeah, let me meet with you, funny guy, to talk about, you know, my insurance needs and how I don't want to get burned by my insurance company because I, I don't have enough coverage. Maybe you can tell me a few jokes about houses, you know, that have burned down or something. So the commercials are clever and they're funny, but is one more person, Hirsch, buying a policy with Geico because of that gecko? 
or with flow, you know, again, right. because of the, the humor involved there. I don't get it. I mean, I, I think that, you know, people shop insurance based on finance and where they can get the deal from. And I think those ads, maybe they're just subliminal. You know, you go to do shopping for an ad and you think, yeah. oh, that's flow. Yeah, yeah, I'll get the flow insurance kind of a thing. Well, you make a great point, Glenn. There's there's a parallel there between the pizza and the insurance. Because they're they're all the same, how are they going to – what's their – USP going to be, you know, what's their unique selling proposition going to be? So in a way, they're competing for cleverness, right? And they communicate this stuff and it's all clever. The Geico stuff is clever. The progressive stuff is clever. The the Liberty's got its own cleverness to it. And the Allstate stuff, they're all good. They're all actually making good ads. And in a way, it's like they want to show that they're smart and they've got you covered. That's really it. We're smart. We're not idiots. Comedy requires us to, to be thinkers. We came up with this concept. We think it's funny. It's catchy. You like it. You're entertained. You can trust us. Yeah. But we're also not the what when you call the insurance agent, he's not the voice of the Aflac duck. When you call when you go to the insurance place, he's not the dude in the Allstate commercial. You know, he's he's the although they do have the serious voice, the serious actor voice but it's still done with a rye kind of you know sense with a rye read but it, you're gonna talk to someone who's much more dry much more serious and much more focused on your account right i mean look I when it. i was a kid a million years ago you know we'd watch the wonderful world of disney on sunday on sunday no actually yes on sunday nights yeah. um yeah. and before disney there was a show on called Wild Kingdom with yeah. with a guy named Marlon Perkins, where they went on location. There was a humor to this also. Marlon Perkins was the guy who was at the end of the show, who was, you know, there where they got the, the bear tamed and he's in the cage or they got the lion. And, you know, now we can look at him from a distance. And his other his like sidekick was the guy who actually went into the woods, right? And and did all this stuff. He, he ended up being somebody of some note that would appear on all of the, uh, the, the nighttime talk shows. I'm trying to remember his name. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing it up is Wild Kingdom was brought to you by Mutual of Omaha. Of Omaha, yeah. Insurance company. And their slogan, just to show you how far we've come, their slogan was, the company that pays. The company that pays. Oh, so that's odd. I yeah. Didn't, I, I remember it all. I'm a, sad to admit it as well, but I but I remember Wild Kingdom and I remember Marlon Perkins, uh, but I didn't remember the company that pays. That's right. So funny. could you imagine an insurance company today, the company that pays as opposed to the company that will do anything it can to put something else in your rider to make sure that we don't pay when actually when something actually does happen, when the tornado does hit, when the wind damage does hit, when it does rain or whatever. Oh, no, you didn't look at clause 19. That, that's not covered in your policy. Right. Because yeah. they're no longer the company that pays. Right. Now right. they're the company that tells jokes. So you're laughing while you sign the policy and you never read clause 18 that says you're not covered for any of that stuff. Right. Now we merged the two things, and the commercial is really for a, an insurance company that's inside a pizza parlor. And then they say, "We're gonna, don't worry, we're we're not gonna pay out, but the pizza's okay." 
The pizza's pretty good. You won't be disappointed in the pizza. Right. But that's also part of it is the reality of any brand, any service, that we're human, we're we're fallible. You know, before we wrap, let's maybe speak to your audience of people whose branding you're helping with and just anything you want to tell them about, you know, getting clarity, getting their messaging together. Um, anything they can take away, uh, I'll let you have the last word of the show. Cause I do want to, you know, I, I w love to play and it's fun and we, we have a great time. And I do think it's great for us to put that out there and, and share that with, but I also think we have to make room, same as the insurance company has to make room for a little bit of decorum, you know, as far as the messaging goes, um, you know, that's important to do that as well. So, okay. Appreciate that. So I'll, I'm going to do a little bit of a shameless plug for Please. for my book. It's called A Brand in Your Hand. And A Brand in Your Hand is the business world's first fully rhyming, full color book on branding. And you're puzzled now. What do you mean? It's rhyming. What, what is that about? So, and when I say it's full color, right? Beautiful illustration. So uh, I love this it. is a section on your personal brand. You are the star. So, just what exactly is your personal brand? It's the impression we get as we shake your hand. What's the first thing that will come to our mind? You'll want us to think we've made quite a find. You need to define ways in which we perceive you. You must be authentic if we're to believe you. When your personal brand is misunderstood, your message is confusing, and that isn't good. So if you like Dr. Seuss, this is like Dr. Seuss comes to the business world. And I really truly believe that, again, we go back to this word about being intentional. Take some time and think about how you want the world to be perceiving you. What do you want us to be thinking about you when you put your stuff on Instagram or LinkedIn or you're having a conversation or you're at a networking meeting? How do you want to be known and referred to when you're no longer in the room? Be intentional about that. Start right there. It's a great place for any entrepreneur or small business owner or even a business owner that's of, of some merit, you know, a 15, 20, 25 million dollar business because you've probably never taken the time to do this. And chances are you are probably the spokesperson for your business. So make sure you've got a personal brand that matches what you're trying to accomplish with that business so that everywhere you go, everywhere you appear, we feel like we're getting the authentic you that's wrapped up in your business and what you're trying to accomplish. All right. If you liked the show, yes, and it worked for you, yes, and subscribe and leave a yes, five-star review. Yes, Tell all your friends. Yes. Get your branding here. Yes, Get your branding here. Yes, Did I make it clear? Yes, Get your branding on. Yes. Before they're gone. Yeah.